0: Calvary. As we start today's series and service, um, we're continuing on with our series behind the Sunday, why we do what we do on Sunday morning. We don't just show up and think, what are we going to do today? There's a lot of planning and preparation, and we try to look to the Bible to tell us what to do. And today's topic, why I'm dressed more casually, is on baptism. Why do we practice baptism? in the church and that's found in matthew 28 19 through 20 and other places but i just want to start us with scriptures these are jesus's last words to his disciples he says go therefore and make disciples or followers of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son of the holy spirit teaching them to observe everything i've commanded you and remember i am with you always to the end of the age so as he goes he says you are to go and baptize them the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you can see that we're supposed to take that serious. Now here's why this gets a little hard. It's because churches practice things differently, right? Have you ever noticed that? So there's different quirks that churches have, traditions, truths, and even different views of truths. So let's have an honest conversation with each other and admit that some things that we do right here are quirks. Let me give you an example of a quirk that happened in another church. I was a college minister for 13 years. I was so I did a lot of itinerary preaching. I did a lot of supply preaching, and I went and did consultant work. And one of these Sundays, I've been in like over 250 churches. Okay, I've been in a lot of churches. And one of these Sundays, I was in Alabama, and I was was supposed to show up and encourage the pastor doing some consultant work. And I showed up, and I thought I'd gotten the time change wrong because there's a, a little part of Alabama that's on Central Time Zone, a little part that's on Eastern. And I was like, oh, goodness, what am I doing? I, I must have been late because the pastor was rallied up. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like you're getting in the last five minutes of a good old southern preacher, you know? And there's two sides of the audience, and every, all the 30 people or so were there. They're all on this one side, and he's just going. I'm like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm really late. And about that time, he finishes the sermon. At least I thought that was the sermon. At the last line of it, he said, this now concludes our Sunday school class. We will now go to church. And all the people got up. Walked across the aisle Sat on the other side, sat down And church started (laughs) Quirks, people Another time Sometimes the traditions kind of There's different denominations And they practice things differently And I remember in Texas I was really, really young One of my first sermons I preached at a church And I showed up at this tiny little church That had merged the Baptist church With the Pentecostal church Because the town wasn't big enough to support them y'all you had no idea <laughs> and as i walked in the deacon of the church once again there was probably like 30 people there the deacon met me at the door and it, so the way this church practices like the first and the third sundays of the month were the baptist the second and fourth were the pentecostal i don't know it could have been the other and they got different pastors there and they but they gathered they were faithful and they didn't let that stop them so the deacon got to me and he said hey uh, in case you don't realize this that sometimes the the pentecostals get a little excited and um and so if they start getting a little carried away or if they start, like, you know, wanting to, like, speak in ways that make you uncomfortable, you just need to say, hey, y'all, this is the Baptist week. You need to simmer down, and we'll, they'll, they'll calm down for you. <laughs> and so you start looking at this, and you start going, okay, this is how the world works, right? So what's the right way? And what's the right way with baptism? Now, here's what I would encourage us to do. Let's go to what God says when it comes to baptism. Not what Grandma says. Not even what Daniel says, although I'm trying to represent God now. But let's go to His Word. And here's—let's find—let's start by finding the common unity, and we have baptism is biblical. If you believe in Jesus, and you believe in following Jesus, baptism is biblical. The method of baptism is debated— But the command for us to be baptized is not. The command for us to follow in baptism is not debated among the denominations, period. So when we think about that, we start going, okay, then why do we have different methods? And I want to kind of walk us through, then I'm going to tell you what I strongly believe, and I'll tell you why, based on history and the Bible. Okay, let's start with a little bit of history. Why did the denominations start practicing different versions of baptism to begin with? Why didn't they just go to the Scripture? The Scripture was originally written, the New Testament was written in Greek. Any Greek scholars in the house? Took seven semesters of Greek, and I still don't know much, okay? (laughs) So uh, we probably can't really read the Greek. Now, here's the complicated even more. At this time, in the ancient days... There was only two languages where the Bible Was allowed to be translated into Greek and Latin Why? Because that was what the Catholic Church Was speaking, okay And so they, they taught the Bible was translated into Latin So the way that they interpreted The scripture was almost All done through what the priest Or the pastor of the Catholic Church I know there's some differences there, but for uh, Simplification, let me explain it like that Said, this is what we do Okay Now Somewhere along the lines, people started going, you know what, we need to really be looking back at the Bible, and this became helped by a little, very important, but little-known invention in 1440 called the Gutenberg Printing Press. I said that like a Texan. The Gutenberg Printing Press allowed for the first time mass copies of books so that when you were writing things out the way that before that, if they were to copy the Bible, you know the bible they had to handwrite write out everything so and not only were they handwriting it they were handwriting it out in a language that didn't the people didn't speak and so as they began to do that it became more readily available for people to have copies but there was a problem it was still predominantly written in latin now came along the people in who spoke the english language were going i don't know how to read latin so i'm required to understand the bible But I can't read it for myself Even though it's being printed So they started creating some Translations of the scripture If you think the first translation Of the Bible into English Was the King James Version, you are wrong It was actually the Geneva Bible But the King James Bible Actually had a predominant effect On the way that we view it Because the Church of England Was run by the king Or the queen at the time Who King James, wait for it wanted the bible translated into english because he wanted to separate from the catholic church y'all with me (laughs) cliff notes available later okay so as we translate this and you start going through all of this and you start thinking about it now what happened is king james who is not really that good a man but didn't also want to anger god really wanted for the most part the bible to be translated very accurately did you get the most part there there was a couple of issues where he actually was very uncomfortable and was pretty insistent that they translate the Bible different than the way it actually said. And one of those was when they came to this crazy little word called baptismo in Greek, because the actual translation for the word baptismo meant immersion. And when you looked at throughout the Bible, it didn't mean not just immersion, but it it meant as you understood it, it meant post-accepting Christ immersion. Now, King James looked at the people who were translating it and said, that's not how we're going to translate that. And the guys were like, well, I got to honor God, but I also like my head. You know what I'm saying? And so they were like, I can't necessarily go and translate this straight to, uh, to, to say the word immersion because that's not what the Church of England practiced. They practiced infant baptism." And so they said there, okay, what are we going to do? So one of them got this brilliant idea, and they actually took the Greek word, baptismo, and they decided to alliterate it. Now, if you don't know what the word alliterate means, it literally means you take a close semblance of the way the word is pronounced in the original language, and you create a new word. So the word baptism, as it's translated in your English Bible, didn't actually exist in the Greek language till much later when they had to come up with a word to translate the word that the English people created to counter the word the way that the Greek people... Okay, now you're really confused, right? (laughs) Translation. The word baptism throughout the Bible, any and every single time you read it in the New Testament, should actually be translated with the word baptism. Immersion Every time And so when you start thinking about that you go okay What does that look like if we're going to be true to god And god commands us to be baptized Are we going to do it halfway? Are we going to do it the way that god says Now here's where this is hard That's not what grandma told me That's not what the faith tradition I grew up in practiced That's not what I choose to believe With all due respect, it doesn't matter what you choose to believe It's what does god say And something that we practice in here is probably wrong and we're going to need our kids to correct it Amen But When we go to god's word and we find out what needs to be corrected to not do so Is sin So here's what I would challenge you Would you be willing to wrestle with me on what it looks like to follow God in obedience through baptism? It's what we do on Sunday mornings. You saw the celebration. So let's begin by saying here's poor reasons to be baptized because believe it or not, there are some. So what are some misunderstandings of baptism? First of all, we want our children to be saved. We have a great new children's minister. Her name is Luke Morris. Luke started today. You could get to know him. The more I've gotten to know him, the more I'm like, this dude is awesome. He just oozes the Holy Spirit. Get to know him. Listen to the way he talks about Jesus, and you're going to be like, this guy is amazing. I'm so thankful he's here, okay? But in the course of that conversation, I'm going to help Luke out a little bit because here's what's going to happen, I guarantee you, over and over and over again. It continues to happen. Somewhere along the line, Mommy and Daddy look down at their four-year-old son, their four-year-old daughter, and they think, Oh sweetie pie I want you to go to heaven Right I I, I don't want you to die So we're going to go and take care of that right now And they drag sweetie pie up to the, the, the Children's pasture and they sit sweetie pie And they say when he asks you what it means To be a follower of Jesus you just say Jesus is Lord okay Well sweetie pie is old enough to say the words Jesus is Lord Right Sweetie pie is a good southern name I'm going with the southern theme today okay and so they come up there, and then Luke, because he knows what he's doing, sits there and goes, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And Sweetie Pie goes, Jesus is Lord! And she goes, he goes, that's right. What does that mean? Mama told me to say it. I don't know. <laughs> that's the wrong reason to be Baptist, baptized. See, baptism is the symbol of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It is the testimony. It is the wedding reception after the wedding. Do you want to have a wedding reception before they're ready to get married? No. Let's go on to the second one. Um, We think baptism saves us. Baptism does not save us. Then why do we need to be baptized? It's a command. We're going to come back to that in a minute. But the idea of, do I have to be baptized to be saved? No. How do we know that? There was the thief on the cross. And Jesus looks over him, and he says, Today you'll be with me in paradise. In other words, I recognize that you're now a follower of Jesus. And then they took his body off the cross, they baptized him, and hung him back up. No, that's not how it happened. He was never baptized, but Jesus says, Today you'll be with me in heaven. So it's not a requirement to be saved, but yet it is the first step of obedience. It's not a requirement to be saved, yet it's the first step of obedient. Reason number three, we feel guilt and conviction of our sin and feel compelled to be baptized again and again, and some of you again and again and again and again. Now, here's the way I'll translate that for you. Here's what happens. I got a little crazy at college, and now I'm ready to be baptized again. Okay, again? Wait, what does that mean? Well, I was baptized when I was 16 because I really felt like God wanted me to do something. And I was baptized when I was nine because I thought I understood better at that time. And I was baptized when I was four because, you know, mom. And so all of these things, now I'm ready to be baptized again. And so, like, no. Baptism is symbolic of the wedding reception. You don't continue to have wedding receptions. Right? You don't continue to, unless you like gifts. But that's another story. Uh, It's the idea of what it looks like to say, I... When I married my wife, or if if you got married, or your mom and dad, when they got married, they knew they were going to disappoint each other eventually. (laughs) If they didn't, they got married too young, okay? But somewhere along the line, you know you're going to disappoint the other person, but just because you disappoint God in the relationship doesn't mean that you need to be baptized again and again. It is a testimony of God's truth But it's also testimony of his grace. It's saying, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. So, why then do we get baptized? Mark 1, 4 through 11 says this, John, who is John the Baptist, we're not named after John the Baptist, by the way, came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were flocking to him, And they were baptized by him in the Jordan as they confessed their sins. So people were coming to John saying, I I need to find God. I need to give my life. And so they were practicing baptism even before Jesus died on the cross as a symbol of I'm dying to myself and I'm going to live for God. Verse 9. In those days, Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee um, and was baptized in the Jordan by John. And as soon as he came up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my beloved Son. I take delight in you. I don't know if that's how it went, but I like to imagine it better. Even more like, you know. And so that idea of God spoke and he said, This is what Jesus did. He was faithful. The Father said, My Son was faithful. Jesus was baptized even though he didn't sin. As a symbol of, I'm not living for myself, but for the Father. And around here we have a saying that we are followers making followers of Jesus. And we're to follow Christ's example. And if Jesus himself was baptized as our example, and we're following his example, shouldn't we be obedient? Right? So why are we baptized? We're following Christ's example. Second one, verses we've already read. Baptism is command. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, I'm about to go English teacher happy, okay? When you look throughout the Bible and you see the word baptism, first of all, I want you to to remember that word is almost always referred to as immersion, okay? But the other aspect of that is, It is written in a voice. Oh, the pastor's talking about a voice. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, the voice of an imperative command. Some of you are like, I was a math guy. Tell me what this is about. The imperative of command meant it's not a choice. Stop is an imperative command. We teach that to our three-year-olds, right? Because they're going to run out in front of a car. Stop, right? It's... You don't have a choice now if that three-year-old ignores the choice They're going to keep running and get run over by a car, right? But obey the command because it's what's best for you. So when god gives us a command, it's not to be mean It's what's best for us and god commands us To be followed in post believer Baptism, it is a command the third reason acts 2 37 through 41 is it sets an example to others. And when they heard this, the story of what Jesus was for them, they came under deep conviction and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what must we do? Repent, Peter said to them, and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children, and all who are far off, and as many as our Lord God will call. And with many other words, he testified and strongly urged them, saying, Be safe from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted the message were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 people were added to them. You know what happens when we baptize people? We have others that want to get baptized. Or we have others that go, Why were you baptized? Tell me your story. It it spurs some excitement it spurs some enthusiasm it it compels us to be obedient to what god would have us to do now There's two types of baptisms that I think we need to talk about real quick And I I, guys I just want to I want to be very Vulnerable with you and transparent. This isn't easy because I know a lot of you come from many different backgrounds I'm asking you to wrestle with this But the first one is pretty obvious I've never really given my life to jesus I've never entered a covenant-type relationship symbolizing like a wedding ceremony. And this is the place where you recognize, as John 3:16 says, that God so loved the world, that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. In Ephesians, this tells us this is a free gift called grace, and not done based on works or actions. You have to receive the gift in order to receive it. And then the Bible tells us in Romans that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. In my mind, that worked really well. It may have been really off. Jesus is Lord, then you can be saved. You have a relationship with God by living with Him from now and forever. After you do that, the first step of obedience is baptism. Why? Why? Because the bible commands it And we believe that means god commands it That leads me to the second group of people I want to say if you've never done that We'd love for you to give your life to jesus. Come talk to us afterwards The second group of people who are like I've been a christian for 30 years. Do I really need to be baptized? I was sprinkled as a kid And I don't want to hurt my parents feelings And I get that and I'm not taking away from the fact that they may have meant something for your life, but I'm asking us as a follower of Jesus to base our faith based off what God's word says and not grandma. And not me. You want to have the hard conversation? Let's have it. Be nice to me. I'll be nice to you, I promise. You wanna you wanna do the research? Go for it. Look up a man named Balsazar Hubmeier and, and understand how he got to that conclusion because he's the one that started going, oh, the Bible actually talks about this immersion, conversion, which is a fun thing to say, baptism. And so, why aren't we practicing that? And so, they started practicing it, and everybody was like, oh, what are you doing? Are you against infant baptism? Because they didn't want, they didn't want to baptize their kids. No, and they were like, no, we're not against infant baptism. So, they, they were being called a derogatory term called Anabaptist, which meant against baptism. And they're like, we're not actually against baptism, we're for. So, if you're going to call us anything, call us Baptists. Calvary Church doesn't have the name Baptist in the title anymore. You may not know that we're part of the Baptist Church because we're, we say that we're Baptists. We're not Baptist. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so the idea of what that looks like is we're Christian first, but we take the Bible seriously, and we give to global missions. That's why we do that. Now, as you're trying to think through this, and you're, as you're wrestling with it, I just want you to ask yourself are you really willing to do what God says to do? Are you saying, eh, don't want to? That's a problem. Because while you don't need to be baptized to be a follower of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, you will want to do what he says. Why is baptism so important? What's well, symbolic of the repentance that Peter was talking about in Acts? It's rep. It rep- the symbolic of dying to ourselves. So repentance is the turning away from our sin, our own way of living, doing what I want, what I think, how I interpret, how I believe, how grandma believes, and saying, I, this is what I want. I choose to believe this. You're not God. What does God say? And turning towards his loving way, turning towards God. So in that, baptism represents that repentance. It represents Christ's saving work. The water symbolizes the washing away of our sin. Like a four-year-old boy who's been rolling in the mud, get in the bath, right? The water symbolizes the washing away of that dirt, a cleansing of yourself to say God has forgiven you. It also allows someone else to baptize you as symbolic of releasing control of our life. There's a reason we don't go like this, right? No one TikTok that, Okay. There's a reason that we don't do that. There's a reason that we come to the place where we say, okay, I'm allowing, as you saw earlier, Ellis allowed his dad to dunk him under the water. Dad may have been like, I'm going to leave you under there a little bit longer. You know, it, it, that's not, it's saying, I trust you with my very life. I'm not in control. So I'm allowing someone else to baptize me. And then going under the water is representing of the dying of our old way to life. As Jesus went into the grave, he died. And then as we come out of the water, it's symbolic, not of a sort of a similar life, but of a new life. That's why it's so important. So here's the key. Baptism is a celebration of the beginning of the journey with Christ, not the end. Baptism is the celebration of the beginning. It's the first step of obedience, which leads to a life saying, "I'm going to trust that God is good, that God is faithful." that he is the provider, that he is the joy, that he is my hope, my need. I'm going to trust that he is the spring after the winter, the harvest that comes in the fall. I'm going to trust that he is the calm in the midst of the storm. I'm going to trust that he is the everything I need. I'm going to trust that he is my sustainer, my hope, my joy. He is the peace, the love, the, the prosperity that I need. And it's not what I think that means. It's what God thinks. I'm going to trust that his ways are right and that I'm going to learn to die to myself because every time I try to live for me, I get in my way and trip over my own two feet and I go crashing and burning. And the first step is saying, God, I submit to you. So two types of baptisms. One is a conversion baptism. I'm I'm ready to receive Christ. We're going to celebrate that. But the second one is also a testimony saying, you know what? I want the church to know I may have been a Christian for 15 years, but I'm going to be faithful because I now I see this is God's command for us. Now, as I wrap this up, let me be very clear. There is a little room for disagreement here. <laughs> I know this is a difficult message for some to hear. And I always try to give you the balance of, thus saith the Lord, I 100% guarantee you, and this is my best guess. This is a sermon that is not My best guess Is there a little room of interpretation Yes But can I say this I strongly After doing lots and lots Of research on this And doing a thesis On the 1611 King James Bible Can tell you That what I said today Is factual You want to do the research with me Let's, I love that we'll have fun Roll up your sleeves. Giddy up. Let's go. But do it because God says, for no other reason. Because God says. And what's the ultimate goal? Well, that's the daily training, to testify to what God means to you. If God means everything to you, you'll be obedient. If God means everything to you, you'll do what he says. And if you're not sure that this is what God says and you want to take a little time, like I said, let's wrestle with it. But testify to what God means to you means if, if God wants... Baptism is a testimony, right? It's a symbol. It's a celebration. We're not going to sit there and go, oh gosh, I can't believe that person hasn't been baptized before. We're going to go, praise the Lord! Right? Let's celebrate! Get excited! If you want more information, you can scan the QR code in the back of your chair. Come talk to one of us after the service. Or go to yourcalvary.info slash baptism. Guys, I love you. Thanks for letting me deliver a hard message. I know it's going to challenge a few of you, and some of you might be like, I don't like you as much as I did last week, and that's okay. I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to point you to the truth that God is good. And you can trust what He says in His ways. So, Father, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives in our midst. And right now, I ask that you continue to move in our lives. That you would provide for us, that you take care of us, that you be our joy, our strength. God, as we're about to express the words that you are our, gy- our gyra, our provider, God, we know that you are our peace in the storm and our hope. God, that the abundant living that we have by living with you is, is found, that your presence is with us. Your presence needs to be our purpose. And God, may we be faithful to follow you in whatever you say so that we don't squelch that presence in your life. Give us boldness, assurance, faithfulness, submission to your word. We pray for clarity for those who are struggling. We pray for your truth to be evident. We pray for reconciliation of relationships we ask you to move. In your name we pray.